Hello and welcome to It Came From 20,000 Podcasts. I'm one of your hosts, Gus. I'm Caitlin. And we are back after moving a house. Well, okay, let's be real. I we, moved it with my arms. We moved a house, and then that took a while. And then we got incredibly sick. Yeah. And when I say incredibly sick, I mean I had both a bacterial strep infection and a viral infection at the same time. I had the viral infection and the doctor was pretty sure I had strep too. Not COVID, so. No, but man, I kid you not, yesterday was the first time I didn't feel like hell in over a month. It, it like, was, it's been rough. It was <clears throat> like, I still, my throat's still a little shitty. Like if I'm <clears throat> doing one of these or I cough or something, I apologize. I, uh. I was very fucking sick. It's like we moved in, we got all the stuff figured out. It's like, all right, let's get back to doing the podcast kind of soon. <laughs> yeah. No. Like I woke <laughs> up and I was like, oh, my throat hurts. And then I was fucking sick as shit. Like yeah. we had to miss Judas Priest, which was sad. Yeah, like, we're going to go to concert. We're going to go see Judas Priest and Sabaton. We had to miss it. Yeah, we were like two, three weeks from seeing it. And I was like, oh, we'll be fine. We got to it. We were still sick. It was horrible. And not like... Oh, I can still record a podcast. I'm congested sick. Oh, no, 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 dear friends. Like, I couldn't talk. Really? <laughs> I was like, it was horrible. But we're back. And we finally got back to Tarantula. Yeah. The movie I picked four goddamn months ago or whatever the last one was. And if, if things sound a little different, because we're in a house with tile flooring on here. So it might be a little echoey. We have different microphones. And we have a dog. Yeah, we we can always, if this is too echoey, we can probably move to the office next time where there's yeah. carpet. Um, we just decided to try in here first. Yeah. And if that, oh, buddy, what's wrong? The cat is meowing. But yeah, now we have a dog. Her name's Sadie, and I love her. She's very good. Anyway, Tarantula, directed really? by Jack Arnold in 1955. I wasn't born then. No, me either. <laughs> I was born many, many years later. Like 40 of them. For, no, more like 38 of them. But no? Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. I was born in 1993. Shut up, I can do math. <laughs> My dad wasn't even born then. I bought this movie on Amazon for five bucks. Yeah. And um, I should say digitally on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And the cover art shows it with an exclamation point. The name of it in the listing doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't on IMDb either, but I've seen it with the exclamation point. I've seen it without. Now, let me explain to you why I wanted to watch this movie, okay? Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Animal Planet. Like, like, Animal Planet was, like, my fucking home-ass home jams, okay? Like, every morning before school, every night after school. And they used to do... This special, oh my god, the cat. They used to do this special, if you can hear him, I'm sorry. They used to do this special where it would be like top 100 movie animals. And number one was like fucking Lassie. And I remember like Rin Tin Tin was in there. But there was this movie and it always showed this tarantula like climbing through a city and people like pointing at it or something. This is what my kid brain remembers. I don't think this was that movie. <laughs> I can't find, I've tried everything. This must be, because this is the only giant tarantula movie I can find. But I kid you not, my brain remembers a tarantula climbing through, like, a city and people being like, ah, and, like, running away from it. But maybe my kid brain is wrong and this is the movie. I'll never know, but that's why I wanted to watch this, because <laughs> my childhood 
fucking, I wanted to watch it. Also, I just fucking love tarantulas. I was trying to identify this tarantula like six times through the movie. Pretty sure it's probably just some fucking rosy hair tarantula, but like, I got a lot of notes. <laughs> I refer to the tarantula throughout this movie consistently as Rancho. I did too. We might want to explain why. If you ever watched the my brother and my my brother my brother and me TV show, they have an episode about tarantulas where they rebrand them to be more family friendly and appealing, and they call them ranchos. Yeah, so in my notes, I also called them ranchos a lot. Um, it in also my just life, made, I just called them ranchos. Yeah, it just made it a lot faster. Um, so let's let's get into this movie. I, it was pretty good actually, but let's get into yeah. it. So. The intro music starts, and it's fucking sweet. It's the like, music of this movie's really good. It's actually really good, but there's, like, no credits at first, and I was like, what? No credits? The cat is having a time. No credits? Oh, but the movie was cool, and it set up some suspense. Because so many of these movies just start off with, like, here's the title, here's all the credits at the front. Mm -hmm. But this one, you know, you get it. A minute or so of buildup. Yeah, the you, yeah, you get a little bit of buildup <laughs> before the title comes in, which I think was kind of nice because you open on what I described as a desert ass desert. <laughs> I wrote uh, start in the desert. <laughs> Whoop! Yeah. I also wrote uh, there's some dusty roads, and I spelled it like the wrestler. Of course you did. But there's like a guy running, like stumbling through. I almost said running. He was not running. He was decidedly doing the opposite of running. <laughs> stumbling around. I thought he was maybe drunk. Um. He, he falls down. It zooms in on him. I thought he was wearing clothes from a prison. I thought such. I said he's dressed like Beetlejuice. Because wearing some striped pajamas. He's wearing striped pajamas. I thought they were supposed to be like prison garb. No, they were in fact pajamas. Some jammies. And then turns it over. We see his face. And he looks like Wolfman. He did look like Wolfman. I put like monster face. Like it's... It's not a humanoid face, which is weird because when we see somebody that's afflicted with this later, spoiler alert, uh, he has a much more human face. This just, like, straight up looks like the wolf man. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Uh, there's some birds that also are flying above him. They're supposed to be vultures. They're just some bird-ass birds. <laughs> They're just, like, some ravens. But it's clearly supposed to show that, like, he died. But they don't look like vultures, and I had to put it in because I thought it was really funny. <laughs> and then this is where we get the uh, the title card with some more sweet-ass music playing. Yeah, we get some sweet music. Um, and it really did add kind of the suspense because, again, the suspense, uh, I can speak. Because we usually do get, okay, music, credits, and then voiceover. But we didn't get any voiceover this time. Yeah, no voiceover. Like, it just... I really like that it kind of amped up the tension with that credit pause. Also, uh, there was something I loved, and I had to put it in. Did you notice that instead of special effects, they used to use the term special photography? I didn't notice Yeah, that. <laughs> it had special photography, and then it had a guy's name listed that I wish I would have taken down. Um, and I don't know. I just, I really like that. Anyway, so a biplane... Actually, no. Was it a biplane? It only had uh, whatever. Uh, a single seater plane. Yeah, Maybe it, like yeah. Like it, it's like a biplane, like a crop duster style yeah. plane. Uh, lands in the desert, but every time it hits the ground, it makes this weird like noise. <laughs> I think they're going for the tire screeches, but uh, it's just kind of funny. It, they were definitely going for the tires screeching as it hit the ground, but it wasn't like a tire screeching sound. It yeah. was like an sound. Um, and then. 
I kid you not, a man that should not have gotten out of a plane <laughs> like this just steps out of this plane. He is like perfect suit, a briefcase. His hair is combed over perfectly. He looks so clean and prim and proper. So question here. Did you think that he was a passenger in the plane or did you, like me, think he flew the plane? No, he flew the plane. There was no one else that got out of that plane. He flew that plane. I was wondering if we just didn't see him, but he just, like, no. he did not Multi- look like he should be flying a plane. No, multiple times we see him with that plane. He's flying the plane. There is no one else. He gets out of the plane. He tells the mechanic to look it over. It's clearly his plane. He also tells the mechanic to, he calls the plane the ship. He does call the plane the ship, which is really weird. But um, this guy's like a small town doctor. He had mentioned, he mentions later that he had flown to Phoenix at some point. So I think he flies between the two uh, for whatever reason, but it's, I thought it was clearly his plane. Um, also, he gets out of the plane, tells the guy to, like, take care of my ship. Then he gets into a convertible. That's just right there. It's just right there. And it's, like, already started for him and everything. I thought it was a Cadillac. No, it turns out it's, like, a Ford or something. But, like, this man be important. He has a plane. He's driving around in the desert. In the desert. In a fucking convertible. Why should we drive? Convertibles through the desert. Dusty, dusty, dusty. Yeah, loud dust. Anyway, so, so we are. The town is also called Desert Rock. Yeah, it, it's a generic town name. That's what ZZ Top plays. Yeah, Desert Rock. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, <laughs> we know it's in Arizona because they mention it at some point. Um, it's like two hundred miles away from Phoenix. Yeah. So we know it's like that sort of like desert Arizona area. Um, so the doctor goes into what I, what we know is his office. His name is on the door. His name is yeah. Matthew Hastings. I'm just going to call him Hastings. I didn't call him Matt or Matthew. I called him Doc for the longest time. I called him Doctor, but I know the professor later has a name, but I only called him the professor. It's Professor Bremer. We'll meet him it's later. Deemer. Oh, is it Deemer? Yeah. Deemer. But I kept just calling him the professor, so. Yeah. Okay. For about so, the first half of this movie, everyone's just like, their job title. I, I didn't know the sheriff's name for a long time. So he goes to his office. The sheriff is calling for him. Yep. So he's like, oh. Sheriff Jack. Yeah, Sheriff Jack, who which I did not realize his name was Jack for a long time. He's like, come down to the station. And he's like, I just got to tell. He literally, I kid you not, this man has literally walked through the door of his office. Like, literally said hi to his reception desk man. It's not a woman for once in one of these movies. Yeah, his clerk. I think it was Josh, was it? Josh, yeah. Yeah. Um, He literally has walked into his office, turned around, and left. Like, this man has no time to shit. (laughs) Awesome. I just... (laughs) What? There's no time to shit. <laughs> also, like, everyone knows him in this town. They're all like, hi, Doc. Hey, Doc. Hi, Doc. Well, it's a town of maybe, I would say, 200 people. Yeah. Maybe. Also, <laughs> I had to write this down because it made me laugh. So, he's talking to Josh. His, I guess we'll call him clerk because I don't want to call him a receptionist. That seems weird yeah. for some reason. Did you notice there was just a dude with a cowboy hat staring at the doctor smiling for like a good 30 seconds? <laughs> no, I missed that. Oh, yeah, there was just like this fucking weirdo was, staring at them, smiling with a cowboy hat on. Just, he didn't move at all. I just weird. kept thinking, oh, the clerk kind of looks like Mary David. He did, rather. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. The sher- He gets to the sheriff's office, sh- the whatever, yeah. police, yeah. Um, and he's like, you're never going to fucking believe what we found out there, man. 
never gonna believe it. Uh, it was this guy. He looks like a fucking monster man. Uh, we think it's a guy by the name the name of Jacobs. He's a bass player from Lordy. Yeah, Eric Jacobs. Uh, he's a biologist, and uh, the sheriff is like, "We need you to look at this body because it's fucking whack." Yeah. Okay. The sheriff's like, also, the sheriff just kept asking the doctor if he knew people. He was like, do you know this guy? Do you know that guy? How about that guy? Well, there's everyone else in the town. And, and the sheriff would just, and like, the sheriff, Dr. Hastings would be like, yeah, I met him last year. Yeah, I met him four months ago. Yeah. He was a friend of mine. Like, he knows everybody. Like, all right, we got to go to the undertaker so you can look at this guy. Yeah. They stop by Kings on the way. <laughs> so the coroner. Shows Dr. Hastings in the body. The Hastings looks at it, and he's like, what the fuck? And he's like, it's the disease. And you're like, the disease? Should we know what the disease is? And he's like, well, this man would have had to have the disease for years, but I saw him four months ago, and he was fine. And you're like, what's the disease? This is also the fifth location we've been to in, like, five minutes. It is, in fact. Uh, These old movies... kicks off and just... Uh, this movie just goes from yeah. the beginning. There's no boring buildup. Like, some of these movies will have 20, 30 minutes of, like, and now we go here, and we talk to some people, and then we go here and talk to this some people. This movie's just, like, dead body, boom, hi, yeah. let's go. It's like, all right, we got to get to the next plot point. Let's get through all the boring stuff. Yeah, like, so he's like, he's fine. So then another guy that, like, works. Is this a, yeah, this is the professor. Well, there was also the Undertaker. Yeah. His name was Barry. Oh, that's right, that's right. Which all I could think of was the wrestler Undertaker just very... Well, they all look... This is going to sound terrible. It's black and white. They're all wearing, like, the same fucking style of suit. They all have combed over goddamn brown-ass brown hair, like... Oh, there's a point later on where I was like, yeah, the doctor's doing this, do this. It's like, five minutes into the scene, like, oh, that's a professor. (laughs) Yeah. I have to keep all my notes. It's, it is harder to tell when it's all just a bunch of middle-aged to old white guys in suits. In yeah, all with all brown hair. Like, ugh, sometimes they can be a little hard to keep straight. So this guy comes in, he looks at the body, and he's like, fuck yeah, that's him. He doesn't really say that. <laughs> he's like... Fuck yeah, that's my dead friend I've known for 30 years. Yeah, he's like, I've known this guy for 30 years. This is, in fact, Professor Deemer. He's like, I've known this man for 30 years. Um, who Jacobs worked for as a biologist. They're both biologists. Yep. One is a professor. Uh, Jacobs was like his lab assistant type of guy. Like the second doctor in his lab. Partner. Yeah. They um, yeah, they worked together. And he's like, yep, totally him. And the sheriff was like, what the fuck was wrong with this dude? Why is he looking like a monster ass monster? And the prof- his monster disease. Yeah. And the professor's like, oh, no, 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 no. We know what's wrong with him. We knew what he had. But we couldn't help him. The sheriff's like, what the fuck's wrong with him? The first is like, okay, we know what's wrong with him, but we couldn't help him. This disease is incurable. It's called acromalagia? Acromalagia. Acromalasia. Something like that. I have acromalagia. Something like that. Yeah, it's it's a fake disease. It's acro, that's the spider part. That's what you need to know. No. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't connect to the spider at all. I know. That's what I think. It's like, accurate <laughs> spiders. Okay. Anyway, they say it's like where the pituitary gland goes insane. It morphs your facial features in your hands. It usually takes years to for it to get to where the point of where Jacobs had it. But he only started complaining of things like four days ago and morphed mm-hmm. that morning. So, what? 
Uh, he apparently got delirious the night before. He wandered out into the desert. He doesn't have any family because motherfuckers never do in these movies. Um, and the doctor's like, there's no fucking way. There's no way he had acromalagia. Uh, and the sheriff's like, dude, let it go. He definitely did. Like, yep. whatever. And then uh, Hastings is like, well, let me perform an autopsy on him. I gotta learn more about this. And the professor's like, no. No autopsy. No autopsy. Nothing. Just just bury it. Just bury it. There's nothing more we need to do. This dude's hiding something. Yeah, it's like real, like, he's like, no, no, no. No need to do an autopsy. That's what he died of. Bye. Uh, so the professor goes home, uh, where he has a lab that is literally just open to the rest of his home. No doors. It's, have... it's literally just like you walk from the hallway through, like, an archway, and he's in yeah. his lab. <laughs> it's like where most places would have, like, your living room or dining room. It's just his lab. Yeah, it's like if you walk into our house, uh, there is literally, like, a open doorway to our from our living room to our kitchen. It's like that. Yeah. Like, there's no door separating it. It's full of animals. He grabs a syringe, and but he has to, like, put his hands into this box and, like, fill it. Because yeah. whatever it is is really powerful. We'll talk about what it is later. Yeah, I got some fucking thoughts about it. <laughs> it's like a, uh, like one of those, those glass boxes with like the gloves in it so you can reach in. Yeah, or like if you ever see like an incubator where you put a baby where you have yeah. to like reach in with gloves to like touch the baby. It's kind of like that sort of thing. Like clearly whatever is inside this is very dangerous and you don't want to yeah. touch it for some reason. One thing about this was mm-hmm. the camera work they had on it when they first revealed mm-hmm. the box. Like when you see it from the front. Yeah. You just see, you know, it's some white-ass box. You can't really tell what it is. But yeah. when you have the camera, it goes over the professor's shoulder, tracks over mm-hmm. to the um, the overhead view of the box so we can see inside, see his gloves and yeah. what he's doing in there. Which, you don't see shots like that too often in the 50s. Especially no. in these kinds of movies. You really I, don't. Especially because in this box is literally just one little beaker. Yeah. That's full of liquid. It's a beaker and a syringe. And yeah, it actually does. It tracks over the shoulder into the box. Like, yeah. They didn't have a lot of camera movement then. So when you would see it, like when we talked about Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yeah. it would be like really cool to It stands see. out. It stands out a lot more. And it's not nearly as crazy as all those fucking whip pans. In the... Oh, God, those goddamn whip pans. You know, oh, boy. Santo. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he pulls out the syringe and he starts going over to uh, all these animals that are making, like, a huge racket. But along the wall, <laughs> there are two animals that fucking killed me at first. There is the biggest rat you've ever seen in a cage. And when I say the biggest rat you've ever seen, I'm talking it's the size of, like, a crock pot. No, bigger than a crock pot. It's like... It's like the size of a microwave. Mm, yeah. Maybe even bigger than that. It's huge. And then next to it, I thought it was a capybara at first. <laughs> no, it's a guinea pig that's even bigger. It's like the size of a trash can. It's huge. They, I thought it was like the size of... <clears throat> I thought the guinea pig was like the size of an actual pig. And it was making noises like an actual pig. Yeah, it was making like oink noises. Which yeah. like, do they not know the sound that a guinea pig makes? Because it isn't an oink noise. I'd be interested to know how they did these shots too. Because like, he, the professor's like walking in front. Um, oh. Clearly what they must have done. I, I took a lot of film courses in high school where we studied this sort of filming uh, in like the 50s, 60s. What they probably did was filmed the animals separately 
and then just projected them forward I was think, larger. Yeah, I was thinking it was rear projection. Yeah, it was probably just rear projection, but they just blew it up. Yeah, because like you could look at them in the mm-hmm. background and tell. You could see like film grain. Yeah, on you can the tell they're not there. They clearly just filmed them. But he doesn't, he's not fucking with those. He turns and he reaches down and grabs like a clipboard. And it says, it's like first injection, third injection, sixth injection, and it's showing, and it's got dates. But it also says how many days uh, the animal has been alive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it took 12 days for that rat to go from baby rat to like two microwaves. Big boy rat. The guinea pig took 13 days yeah. because he's injecting them with whatever it is that he's getting from this box. It's like one injection every three days. And now we get to something that makes me beyond upset. And I wrote many notes, and I want you to guess what it is. Is it the rain show? What about it? Not the big one that we end up seeing a second later, but the first one we see. What was it? Okay. So, I don't know if y'all know this. I'm obsessed with things like snakes, reptiles, tarantulas, tarantula husbandry, meaning what you put them in. And he literally picks up a glass box. That has some sand in one side. That's it. It's piled all to one side. No water dish. There's chicken wire wrapped (laughs) around the top. Like, what the fuck? There's no hide. There's some sand. There's no lights. There's nothing. It's just a tarantula in a glass box with a bunch of chicken wire. That's it. It made me real upset. And I had to remember it was the 50s where turtles were a really popular pet. And they would say, like, well, if your turtle doesn't eat, just shove its food down its throat with an pencil eraser. Jesus. That's true. That's from a book from the 50s. I read it. The 50s were dumb. The people in the 50s were super stupid. (laughs) Like, we are now, too. I'm not fucking smart. I know that. So we... We have that smaller tarantula, and then we see the big brain show. Yeah, this, the, like, it's kind of a cool reveal, because it goes from him looking at, like, here's this little tarantula that's been alive for I don't remember how many days, and then it, like, pans over a little bit to this tarantula that's the size of, like, a dog. It is fucking big. This tarantula is 22 days old. Yeah. has had six injections, and I just have, he's a big boy! Um... Okay, so it's probably a girl tarantula, I'm assuming, because when it comes to science, you use female tarantulas because female tarantulas live a lot longer. Later, they do a whole thing about tarantulas can live over 20 years. Female tarantulas can live over 20 years. Male tarantulas live about three to seven, depending on the tarantula. I just, I'm sorry, it's not a boy. I'm sure it's a girl. I had to put that out. Or a boy with an eye. It doesn't matter. I have to put it out here. I'm serious about my tarantulas. Anyway. Professor grabs a monkey. (laughs) He grabs a monkey. He's going to inject this baby monkey. But then this fucking ass monster man ass walks in. (laughs) I don't know. He comes wandering in and you're just like... What? He comes around the corner, all sneaky. Like you see the fingers around the corner, and he pieces his he head around. Almost kind of looks like Discount Frankenstein without yeah. the bolts. Like that's the only way I can kind of describe. I think I described him as a mutant because yeah. I didn't know what he was. But it's like really deformed, and it's good makeup though. Yeah, and actually the makeup artist did a really good job, even with that weird Wolfman look. But he like chokes the professor. And I didn't see what he grabbed, but he threw something towards the tarantula enclosure. Um, 
And then, like, the tarantula, when I say it climbs out, it is the most leisurely, <laughs> like, on my way out the door. Because I'm assuming that this is a New World fucking Mexican red knee tarantula. Those do not go fast. They just crawl at a leisurely pace. <laughs> they go on their own time, unlike old world tarantulas, which would have been a great use because those things will sprint at you nonstop. <laughs> I just had to put that in there. Um, yeah. The professor and the mutant. Um, I think late, I think it's later revealed to be Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, there yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, anyway. The, the professor and the the guy attacking him, you know, they're fighting. The rancho gets out. Mm-hmm. The deformed guy mm-hmm. throws something in some, some panels which starts sparks, kills basically all the other animals in the lab, all the ones that had been injected. Yeah. And he knocks out the professor. Mm-hmm. While the professor's asleep, he injects him with the same syringe we saw earlier. I didn't see that because I was typing something. <laughs> So I didn't realize that he'd been injected, so I was wondering really hardcore why he was just rubbing his arm. I was like, why is this man just like, is he a nervous tick or something? It's because I didn't see that part because I was typing. So, yeah, his his poor lab is now destroyed. So the, the, the guy, after ejecting the, doc, the professor, he stumbles away a little bit and then just drops dead, just like the dude in the beginning. Yeah, so the professor, like, picks up the phone like he's going to call somebody. I'm assuming the sheriff to, like, report a dead body. But either the line is dead or he's like, oh, my God, I can't report I thought he was going body, for, like, a sec- like, he was second-guessing himself. He's like, like I got to call the police or the fire department or something. Yeah. Like, Wait, no. Yeah, because that's a bad idea. Like, my lab's on fire and there's a dead body. Like, that's going to cause a lot of yeah. investigation. So, instead, he buries him in the desert. In a scene that takes way too long because he's out there like, gotta cover up the hole. Then he has to take a stick to like, even out the sand. Yeah. And it just takes way too long because, again, these movies have the syndrome of showing us for way too long when you're doing something. But they didn't show any of the digging or the burial. It's just like when he's putting on that last little bit of dirt. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, a monkey just jumps out at him. It just comes screaming from the shadows. Yeah. Like they had a whole like scary sequence like oh big long shadow it's like oh it's the monkey i just thought it was the monkey from earlier that monkey never comes back <laughs> nope i just realized that <laughs> no the monkey never the comes. monkey never shows up again no he's just like oh my god poor little monkey and i think it was just supposed to be like a jump scare for no reason that i, I don't know why they put it in jump scare yeah it was just like a strange jump scare um okay so we cut back to the town and hastings is back at the sheriff's office like it's not acromalagia You've got I, that look like you swallowed a canary. Oh, yeah, that's a thing that people would say. That's actually, like, a thing. I just hadn't heard say. that before. Swallowing a canary was a saying. I don't really know exactly what... I just know it used to be a saying. So, Hastings goes back to the sheriff's office. He says the thing about the acromalaga. Uh, you swallowed a canary, which is some sort of saying. I don't know. Okay, we're, okay. So, Hastings says that he went to Phoenix and back 200 miles. 200 miles. So 400 miles both ways yeah. overnight uh, to study the disease. I'm wondering if maybe it sounds like he did it the night before, but I wonder if that's where he was 
Yeah. Like before he came back, but the way that he says it, it makes it sound like he took the trip overnight. Yeah. But I think maybe he just happened to be in Phoenix and was just coming back from that particular trip. And it just happens to be that he was studying acromalacia yeah. because it's a really rare disease. And he's like, the professor is lying. He didn't want me to do that autopsy, which we've already mentioned. Yeah, he's and up to something. Yeah. He's like, what are the professor and Jacobs up to? They were posted up 20 miles outside of town, like, doing these studies. Hastings wonders what the professor and Jacobs were up to because they were, like, 20 miles outside of town, as you were saying, you were about to say. Yeah. When two minds like that work together 20 miles away from civilization, they're up to something. I mean... Yeah, they do seem like they were up to something because the professor's yeah. being like super sp- suspicious. Um, it seems like they must be trying to hide something. So then a journalist by the name of Joe shows up and he's like, what the fuck, Sheriff? You didn't tell me about that dead body y'all found out in the desert. Why didn't you tell me about Jacobs? And he's just like, well, I didn't want to make a big fuss about it. I mean, he doesn't want the town to have to worry about something yet that they don't know yeah. what's going on. Um, and they talk a little bit more about the disease. And it turns out you don't des- die from the disease itself. You die of suffocation because, you, like, your tongue gets bigger, your heart gets bigger, your yeah. organs all expand. It enlarges and shifts your organs around and basically blocks your windpipe till you die. That's fucking horrifying yeah. when you think about it. Like, that sounds awful. No, thank you. It's a really disturbing aspect of the movie that I... Mm-hmm. Kind of wish they would have went a little more into it. That's creepy. It is really creepy, but it's also kind of like a red herring. Like, you're supposed to think it's this, but in reality, yeah. it's something else that's going on. But this also just happens to be a thing that exists in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dr. Hastings is like, all right, I'm going to go to the lab. Joe, you can come with me. Let's go investigate, see what's up. But first, he wants to go back to his office where a lady shows up. And I literally wrote, all right. Here we go. A lady shows up. Time for sexism. I wrote a little bit before this that we have yet to even see a woman in this movie. We hadn't. Um, we're about a little, little under before. twenty, a little under yeah. twenty minutes in. Because let me tell you, we're going to get to some sexism later that made me scream. It's coming up. So I put that she went to a hotel. It was his office, and I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Well, I thought it was that. It had to have been his office because it's Josh, the the reception uh, clerk, that greets her. But she got off of like a bus or out of a cab and she's got bags. I think what it is, is that the place they're at is the Palace Hotel. I saw that in the beginning. Oh, I didn't catch that. And I think that Hastings just stays there. Oh, While he's so, in town. so when he's in town, that's like his office when he's in town. Yeah. So that's like the concierge. So that's why she would have gone into the hotel that's to ask guess. for a taxi or a bus to get there. Yeah. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. I was really confused <laughs> as to why she would show up at his office and talk to his clerk like, hi, can you give me a bus? Like, <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that it was the hotel. I didn't read the fucking hotel door. Okay. It was like way up in the top left corner. I do not believe. Okay. You for okay. Thank you. That explains so much. <laughs> so she wants to go to the professor's lab as well, and she talks to uh, Josh, who is giving her eyes the whole time and talking really like, "Well, lady, I don't know." Um, she wants to go to the lab. She has to wait for the tab to come back. The tab. There's <laughs> no. The bus doesn't leave again 
Like, it doesn't go out that way. Yeah. And the cab that they have in town, there's only one, and he's, like, hours out <laughs> yeah. of town because he had to take somebody somewhere. Well, he'll be back in a few hours, maybe longer. Yeah, which, I guess if you're a town of maybe 200 to 300 people, maybe, I don't know, they don't really say, but it's mm-hmm. clearly teeny tiny. We only ever see, like, Main Street, and that's it. It, it really felt like that was the only street It felt like a one-street kind of town. Mm-hmm, maybe two at the most. Yeah. So, clearly, it would make sense that anything that resembled a cab might have taken somebody really, really far away, and mm-hmm. you would have to wait hours for it. I've had to wait an hour for an Uber before, all right? Like, yeah. it makes sense to me. So, she takes her bags, she sits down. Um, he keeps giving her, like, this creepy look. Asking all these questions. He's like, are you related? He he can? And she's like, no. And I, at this point I put, is she a doctor? Because in all these movies, these women always be obscure-ass doctors of some kind. So, um, Hastings comes in, and he runs into her as she's, like, sitting there. And I put the hotel guy because I forgot that he was the clerk. Um... Was like John oh. Hotelman. Yeah, Josh Hotelman. Thank you. No, he's now John Hotelman. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, he's like, oh, hey, he goes. I have to. Uh, Hastings tells him like I'm going back to the lab. The Hotelman is like, oh, take her with you. She is also heading out that way, and she's like, oh no, no, I don't want to impose. She's trying to be polite, yeah. and. This was a point where I was like, is this sexism? I almost made you pause to take the time, but I decided not to. Oh, I did make you pause. I was also typing something, but I, I decided not to let this count. Um, he he says, oh, he won't mind. Implying that she's pretty. Like, she's a pretty lady. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, she's she's not terrible. She's, you know. And I, I also find it. You know, just super nice. He'll do it. Yeah, but that's not how he said yeah, it. Yeah, I know. The way he said it was like, he won't mind. I'm trying to give him an out. I know. And again, I'm like, is he a doctor? They're always obscure doctors. So her name is Stephanie. She goes by Steve. I refuse to call her Steve because, as I wrote later, they had to call her Steve because Steve is a man's name and she's a doctor. Like, that's how I really felt about it. So I continued to call her Stephanie. Because I didn't, I refused to call her Steve. I felt like they were gonna. Her name was supposed to be Steph, mm-hmm. but whoever read the script or wrote it was like the name Stephanie shortened to Steph, and there's like Stephen with a PH, so it must be Steve. Maybe, maybe that's the only thing I could think of. Otherwise, but. To me, it felt very like, oh no, she's a doctor, so we have to call her by a man's name, which maybe is your description. But I called her Stephanie because Steve felt weird. Um, it turns out she's a graduate student. She's a graduate in biology. Mm-hmm. And she, um, oh my God, I just, fuck, okay. <laughs> We're to the part that's going to kill me, okay? Because, oh man, there's two in in 30 seconds, not even, there are two lines that are horrifically sexist, okay? Ding, 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 we're here. So sexism alarm. Sexism alarm. Uh, sexism alarm, yeah. 23 minutes and 12 seconds into this film. So, she says, she's a doctor in biology. He says, and I fucking quote, <laughs> I knew it. You give women the right to vote. The next thing you know, you have women scientists. I What a joke. I was so angry that I made you pause it because I always do because I want to write down the sexism. Like, I need to know what time the sexism happened. But I was so upset by this one because 
she says she took a job right after this. She's like, oh, I took a job working for Jacobs because she wrote a paper about feeding large populations in college. And she's like, oh, you know, I, I took a job there to study and be a lab assistant and cook. Oh, I missed the cook part. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the other sexist line that is said in that part. And, and I literally wrote <laughs> to cook and fuck off. I was so <laughs> mad. So he says this really sexist line about women doctors. And then she's like, well, I'm there to study and cook. And I'm like, fuck off. Like, come on. Um, he told, yeah. So then she starts talking about Jacobs and she's like, oh, well, he's dead. And she's like, what? But acromalagia, whatever the hell it is, is really rare. And he's like, Haha, I know. And they continue to drive. They continue to have a perp to drive and have a perfectly crystal clear conversation in this convertible driving down the highway. Also, the tarantula just kind of just kind of walks behind them, and I'm like, "How did they not see it? It's now about the size of that car. Yeah. Like it has grown." <laughs> and I'm you're like. Serious. The giant rancher walks by the road, even bigger than before, mere seconds after they drive by. How did they not see that as they drove by? It's the desert. It ain't much black in the view. I mean, there are some hills later, but you are right. There's not much to block that view. So they knock on the door. They get to the lab. They're like, nah, nah, nah. but nobody answers it. So they do a fucking B&E and go in. Bacon and eggs. I mean, they just they go in uninvited. So they do a B&E. And they're like, oh, my God. What happened here? And they're like, did Jacobs do this? What happened to Jacobs? They just keep going back about Jacobs. And he's like, no. Also, they were supposed to take Joe, the photographer, journalist man with them. He was not in that car. I don't know how he got there. I think he just drove ahead. I just like the fact that he's like, yeah, come with me. And then he's not with him. Okay, I'll drive ahead. I don't know. If he was there interviewing him, he's like, that's enough questions. Take a picture with the monkey. That's enough. I know. I just love that. That's all. So... Okay, time for sexism again. Uh, Making me mad. I like that whenever I get to the sexist parts, you let me talk about it because you're like, I'm not a woman. <laughs> I got something else to talk about here, but that's fine. Okay. It's so, far less important. So, the professor asks Stephanie for her name. Who is she? He's not sure. He didn't realize that Jacobs had even like hired an assistant. Mm -hmm. Or if he did, he didn't know that she was a, a lady. Hastings cuts her off when she's like my name is he's like oh this is stephanie clayton uh she's your new lab assistant and i was so goddamn mad because then after that the professor says i never expected to see a biologist like you yeah. and i wanted to push that man down those stairs i get so upset i get so upset anyway what were you gonna say i was just gonna say stephanie talks about the other assistant named paul yeah. Now, what did you hear his last name as? I didn't even catch it. Because I'm not sure if it was Landon or London. I th oh, you're right. Um, she did say it. I think it was Landon, but I'm not sure. Because I wanted to be Paul London, which means that the professor was working with a former world tag team champion. That is true. Paul London and Brian Kendrick. That is true. I don't know why that just got me. The, the, <laughs> the wrestling thing will come back later, don't Oh, yeah, it will. <laughs> um, this is where we learn about Paul. This is where we learn about Paul. Uh, the professor's like, Paul? Oh, he left. Because she mentions how she studied with him in school. Like, mm -hmm. first year of school or something like that. Whatever, it doesn't matter. 
And he's like, he's gone. Like, he just left. But she definitely expected him to be there. She's like, okay. So then the professor's like, okay, fine. I guess I'll tell you what we've been up to. And this is where I have. I've been carving wooden ducks. All right, Magnus. This is where I have a lot of questions. This is where the pseudoscience really comes in. It is where the pseudoscience comes in because I'm willing to accept this fake acromalasia disease. You don't even have to say much, but I'm just like, yeah, I can suspend my disbelief that this would exist because you don't go too much into it. You're like, yeah, okay. You know, Yeah. sometimes you can suspend your disbelief. But here I have some questions because what? Why would you think this was a good idea? So the professor talks about his non-organic food concentrate that he's trying to help create to sustain the population of the world because the world won't be able to produce enough food to feed everybody because of the rapidly growing population. Um, he wants to make it cheap, uh, but the problem is it's it's causing accelerated growth. He doesn't mention that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hastings goes, well, gee, professor, wouldn't you need some kind of binding agent for that? And he's like, yeah, I got that down radioactive isotopes yeah some good stuff so this is where i have a lot of questions Mm -hmm. if this is supposed to be your nutrient source and you're injecting it into animals he won't touch it with his own hands if he won't touch the radioactive isotope food concentrate with his own hands because it's very dangerous why would he then inject it into an animal i think the thing is that he's still testing it so he's okay testing on animal, but not a human. Uh, you're right. But it's like, he won't even touch it. So why does he think that this radioactive isotope that's clearly very dangerous and he won't touch it himself because we know what radioactivity does to the body at this point. Why would you think, oh, radioactivity is going to be the perfect thing to make my food out of? Yeah. Like, the, I ended up actually wrote about that later, but I was like, I'll bring it up now because it bothered me. I was like, what? <laughs> so it's like if we get this food i still give it to people we won't need to have as much food not as much resources on food because the population going just keep on growing and this is something that we have seen in these movies before they talk about radioactivity and food shortages like a lot in these movies because that came up in the claw which we haven't done at um the, the, bird the, the giant claw the giant claw yeah uh the giant claw was also about um population management like a lot of these films i've watched many of them a lot of them are about worrying about food and radioactivity and resources in the future which now that we're in 2021 i scream (laughs) like oh no Uh, but we've also learned that if you just kill half the population it works thanks thanos yeah but he he talks about how large the population is going to grow And we're going to unlock a fun fact a little early. Let me go down to it because um, he predicted. So the doctor predicts that by the year 2000, the human population will be 3.6 billion people. At the time, it was actually double that. Yeah. Um, So I just thought, hey, I should bring this up now. It it was it was double that. He said then 1955. Mm hmm. It was 2 billion people. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about that. Like 70 years ago, mm-hmm. like the population of Earth is 
tripled, almost quadrupled. Mm-hmm. All right, by the year 2000. Which is fucking crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Um. So Dr. Hastings is still like, yeah, but Jacob's though. And you're like, oh my fucking God. Okay. He also guesses what uh, the radioactive isotope is in the jar. Is it unlabeled jar? He's like, that's an isotope. Uh, yeah, he does, but I just, I kind of let that go. Like, it looks like Kool-Aid to me. <laughs> I let it go. I was like, maybe in this world he can look at it and be like, oh, it's green. I don't know. Fucking yeah. whatever. Um, and he's like, there's nothing wrong with Jacobs. Fine. Do the autopsy. But the problem is they've already buried the body. They're not going to have to exhume the body from the earth to do the autopsy. That's going to take some time because government. Yep. Um, also, Stephanie never says anything this entire time. This is literally what she's an expert in, is feeding growing populations. Like, she talks like, where's Paul? And then, like, once they go into the lab, nothing. Nothing. And that's literally, like, her expertise. Like, that's what she wrote her paper about. And it just really bothered me that they weren't, like, Stephanie didn't have any input, considering she's a doctor that studies population growth and feeding overpopulation. Yeah. I just, it bothered me. I made you pause so I could tell you that because I was upset. Um, I think the sexism mostly ends there. I think there's a little bit later, but I think that's like the big brunt of it. So, okay. Hastings goes back to the sheriff. There's a lot of back to the sheriff, now back to the lab, now back to the sheriff, back and forth. So he goes back to the sheriff and he's like, ain't nothing going down there, dog. It's It's kosher. <laughs> He got sick. Mm-hmm. And um, we cut back to the lab where the doctor, or the, the professor, not the doctor, is showing her how to make his nutrients and his isotope mixture. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we get a little bit more information, which is where I was like, what the fuck? He won't touch it. Which is where he's talking about how it's unstable. And every time he makes the isotope mixture, it's different. Every single time. Um, It's unstable every time. It's different every time. That's why he's injecting it into animals. uh, Because if he's going to inject it to people, it has to be right this time. Yeah. They do a lot of where people will say things like that, where they're implying something. There's a lot of it. There's a really good one later that we'll talk about that talks about implication. That I'm like, what? I really liked it. So yeah, it's unstable every time. And he's like, we're going to inject it into this baby rat. Sometimes they just die, though, because instability. And she's just like, okay. (laughs) Like, she does not, she doesn't care. She's like, let's go. So he's like, let's look at this rabbit. Because we're going to talk about the instability still. Like, uh, how old does it look? Four months old. How old is it, though? Six days. Healthier and stronger than the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they buns. Yeah, so they have to figure out how they can make the isotope stable, so that way they can start testing it on people this time. And uh, as soon as he said that, he starts rubbing his arm. Yeah, he's just rubbing his arm because he's like, oh, shit. Like, he knows what's coming. He's really trying to figure it out in what little time he yeah. has left. We can assume about four days. So then Stephanie goes to town. She's like, okay, I'm going to go to town. So she fucks off. Science is science, but a girl must get her hair done. Oh, I missed that. Yep. Oh, I thought we were done. I missed that line. I'm so glad you caught that. There's also the guy at Mart's Heartswear. That's my next one. It's Mart's Hardware, but I like Mart's Heartswear. You're you're right. I forgot. 
We have another instance of sexism. So, yep. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. I did not catch the science of science, but a girl must get her hair done line. Like, okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. I also fine. like to think that they gave her a short haircut so they don't have to worry about her hair blowing around in all those car conversations. Well, no, she wore a hat. She had long hair, but it was pulled back and under like a little cap. Like, not really quite a full hat. It was more like a little half, like... Well, it's like even when she had the hat off, she had short hair. No, she had her hair pulled back in a ponytail. We see that later when she's in her pajamas okay. studying, that her hair is all pulled back okay, in, like, a that. ribbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has a long ponytail. She has long hair. It just is, like, always tied back and swept back out of her face. Um, and you can also see what, when she has her hat on that her ponytail is behind her head, under her hat. So, Dr. Hastings is, like, talking to uh, this guy outside of his hardware store about his wife's medication. Not to the wife, who he's prescribing it to, but to her husband, because that's how medical care worked back then. Fuck off. And he's like, make sure she takes it every day, or whatever he says. And he says something like, you know, women, nary to just let it sit on the shelf. Meaning, she won't do as she's told. We're at 35 minutes in. I made you pause it so I can look at that because it made me mad. <laughs> Every time sexism makes me mad, I make you pause it so I can take the timestamp. <laughs> sexism more. <laughs> yep. I love it though. Like I hate it. It makes me upset. But like at the same time, I laugh because what <laughs> the hell? I can't like how far have we come, y'all? And I know I'm a fucking white woman, so I have more privilege. But still, God. Okay. Uh, this is when I talked about Stephanie being called Steve and me being upset about it. So, because she she walks by and Hastings just like Steve. Yeah, and that's when Steve I was. Here. Yeah, Anybody and that's when I was like, God damn it! They call her Steve and never Stephanie, and fucking fuck off. And so they go and they walk to a bench and they sit down together. They and walk I, to a park where stock children sound effects are playing. I even wrote, I bet something sexist is gonna happen <laughs> here. It does not, <laughs> but I wrote it because I was like, they're either about to kiss or something shitty's about to happen, and I don't and know what it in the is. Park. Yeah, neither. Wow. Surprising. I want to see Wang in this movie. <laughs> I do not want to see Wang. I do not want to see sexist ass sexist Hastings Wang. No way. Get out of here. Dr. Wang. <laughs> no. So Dr. Hastings is like, oh, what about Paul and the nutrient? And she's like, whatever. Don't worry about that. I'm going to tell you about the rabbit. Go yeah. on. Yeah, go on. I'm, I'm letting you You're go. Talk about Wangs? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, they basically tells me about the rabbit. Basically the exact same thing that Professor Geemer said of like, mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's like four months. It looks like it's four months old, but it's six days. I'm like, let's go take a look. So they drive out to Deemer's well, on the way. I have I have one note before that. She tells him that the nutrient can cause death, but the animals are strong and healthy. Which is it? Is it killing them or is it making them strong and healthy? I'm sorry, I had to put that in there. <laughs> I think it's it that just, if they live, then you can strong it. and healthy. Yeah, okay. Well, it's also accelerating their growth and killing them. Sorry. Go on. Now we're driving through the desert. <laughs> So they're driving through the desert, and Stephanie's like, oh, it's so beautiful out here in this desert. I, I love sand. It's coarse and rough and gets everywhere. And she sees some big old rocks. She's like, let's go hang out these rocks. Let's take a look at the formation. And this romantic music starts playing. We're both having the same thought. I'm like, oh, they're going to kiss. They're going to fork <laughs> on the rock. I, I literally wrote, they drive through the desert. They talk about how pretty it is. They pull over at the rock formation. I put, they better not kiss. This music is too romantic. If they kiss, I'm leaving. <laughs> Because he's been shaped at her this whole time. And they see a bunny and they're just hanging out. 
Mm-hmm. They sit on the rocks and have a cigarette, and then we get the some ominous music. Oh wait, there's a little bit before that that I wrote down because I thought ominous. the I thought the line was weird. So uh, we get like they sit down to smoke, and some rocks start falling, and the ominous music starts. And he's like, "Do you want to come in my plane?" This is where I realized it was his plane. He was flying the plane. Okay. He says it's his plane. So they're gonna join the Mao High Club when she comes in his plane. Yeah. He offers to take Stephanie in his plane. They're oh, flirting. reaction to that. <laughs> they're, they're clearly flirting. He calls flying strangely evil. <laughs> He's like, flying is beautiful and strangely evil because you never know what the earth is hiding. And you're like, oh, what? That rock slide happens. I've been in a plane many times. I've flown over the ocean. It's never been described as strangely evil. But yes, so then. I don't know. I've eaten some airline food that's strangely evil. Yeah. So yeah, then more rocks fall, they, and they don't crush stupid sexist Dr. Hastings, is what I, I wrote. Uh, one thing that you can <laughs> see is at one point, if you look in the shadow, like when they get up and run to the side, mm-hmm. you can see a guy's arm pushing a rock oh, in the shadow. Oh man, I missed that. I'm really sad. Yeah, it didn't crush stupid sexist Dr. Hastings, as I put. They have no idea what there was a rock slide from the man's arm that I totally missed. <laughs> Very sad. Um... It ruins his sweet moves he was putting on her, though, and I'm very happy about that. So they leave. Got and... caught blocked by a giant tarantula. Yeah. That happens to all of us. Happens. It would definitely happen to you. I'm just saying, if we were about to fucking go bone zone, and then there was a giant tarantula, I would want to go look at the giant tarantula. I would run in terror. I mean, I'm not saying maybe necessarily, like, giant in the sense of this giant tarantula, but I just mean, like, a tarantula in general. Because tarantula, it just keeps getting better. Boy, yeah. he thick. Boy, he very thick. She thick. So I'm I'm assuming it's a lady. So this tarantula climbs very slowly over these rocks. But again, they don't see it. They don't hear it. It's making this weird like noise anytime you see it. I don't know why it's making this weird noise. Probably so that way the uh, movie won't seem so quiet. Yeah, so they can give it like something. Because not until later does it actually have like footsteps on facts either. It also roars, which is <laughs> wild. Uh, but... Also, for some reason, I have written down here, uh, Mancho, Rancho, Randy, Sancho. <laughs> okay, because it comes over the rock? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's because I wrote um, Mancho at one point instead of Rancho. <laughs> okay. So they don't see it. She's like... How do you even write Mancho? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but she's like, oh my God, what caused that, that rock slide? And he's like... I don't know. That sometimes they just happen. That is true. Sometimes rock slides just be happening. You can't second guess the desert. What he says, which I'm assuming is the moral of this story. Yeah, that's clearly the moral of this story. Not overpopulation and resource management. Uh, so they go to the lab. They want to look at the rabbits. The professor like is peeking through the window for some reason, like right when they oh. pull up. And they pull up, and Stephanie is like, "Do you want to see the rabbits?" and Hasty response, now you're talking. Like, this dude is fucking pumped to see these bunnies. He, and to be fair, I probably would be too. I would be very pumped to see these bunnies, but it's also the fact that, like, he's a doctor. This is his end to this lab that he wants to know what the fuck is going on inside he's of. like, now you're talking. But he's like, he's I've said. never seen a man so amped to see some bunny rabbits. Like, he is way too excited. And the professor's, like, peeking out this window and, like, runs away from the window like a toddler that's doing something it shouldn't. Well, he is super sexist. Maybe he thought they were Playboy bunnies. Oh, maybe. That's why he's excited. Maybe. He gets in there just like, oh. 
just all sad. But yeah, the professor's like trying to look like he wasn't Lonely. doing anything weird, but he <laughs> but he was definitely creeping on that window. Sad boner. <laughs> so Stephanie takes Hastings to the lab. And this bunny that was like normal sized earlier yeah. is now so big that it can't fit in the cage and it can't breathe. It's like choking itself because it's so big mm-hmm. that the cage is like compressing down on it and it made me very sad. Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted to open that. I can tell it's clearly a fake rabbit, but it <laughs> yeah. made me very sad. Uh, the baby rat has doubled in size. That's the one they injected this morning. And she's like, it was a baby this morning, I swear to God. Like, she's freaking out. Which, I mean, to be fair, that's exactly how I'd, I'd be like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, I would definitely be freaking out. I'd be screaming just the way she is. So, she's like screaming in terror, but then answers the phone. <laughs> um, and it's Hastings' office because they clearly knew where he was. Yeah. They call him all the time. Like, people just call him and they're like, Hastings, we need you. And he's like, they're just like, they know exactly where he is. You gotta go stop by Jenkins' house. His son got his foot caught in a wheat thresher. (laughs) Go fix him. (laughs) I mean, that's not at all what happens. But that's how it seems. Like, they always know where he is. This dude is, like, necessary for everything in this town. I swear to God. He just shows up places and people are fine with it. The thing is... He literally shows up. He's there for two minutes. They call him. He has to leave. Yep. This happens every time he gets anywhere. It would be like if I got home and I got a phone call from my mom that was like, Caitlin, I need you to drive across town. Okay. I drive 20 minutes across town. I walk through her door. I say, hi, what do you need? I talk to her for two minutes. Then you call me and go, Caitlin, you need to come home right now. So that I get in the car, drive 20 minutes back here. Then I get another phone call from work. It's like, Caitlin, we need you to come to work. You know, like, it would be like as if I walked through the door and then I immediately had to leave again within 30 seconds of being somewhere. That is what's happening to this poor doctor. So they talk about how whatever they're injecting into these creatures is causing gigantism. Um, Stephanie gets confronted by the professor because Hastings has left. And he's Mm -hmm. like, why the hell did you show Hastings... The lab and the bunnies. It was confidential. Yeah, he's like, what the hell have you done? He's so creepy. Like, the first shot we see him looming over the stairs on a shadow. Yeah, it's actually kind of a good shot. Yeah, it's super dramatic. And um, he's like, it's confidential. And she's like, I didn't think it was. And he's like, well, whenever you're doing secret science, uh, it is confidentially moron. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how he's acting. I for- And this is where she's like, doctor, your face. Doctor, your face. You're so... Old. The thing is, his face doesn't look any different to me here. It must have looked. It must have looked different to her for some reason, but to me, it looked the same. Yeah. But whatever. I. This is where I forgot that he got injected because he like reaches up and touches his face. It didn't look different to me, but maybe it did, and I just didn't notice. I think this is the point where Deemer is Mm -hmm. aware, like fully aware, he was injected. Yeah. Well, I think maybe he suspected earlier. He kind of suspected it earlier, but now I think this is where he's getting the idea of maybe he has been because he's like my face. Like yeah. he looks a little confused. He also rubbed his, yeah, arm, his arm at some feet. point because he was like, "Ow, my arm kind of hurts." He like his, when he you get a second in, Pfizer dose. Yeah, like when you get an injection and your arm hurts. Yeah, yeah you guys, fucking Moderna. Um, more desert driving. We see so much driving through this freaking desert. I wish I would have counted it because by the end I was like, "How many times can we determinedly drive?" down this road because a lot of the time also it's just the same shot reversed to show like now we're driving to the lab now we're driving to town now we're driving somewhere they just reverse the shot which again it's the 50s whatever um so he 
what do I what do I have? What what, what, he's, yeah, right there. Yeah, I have a really weird <laughs> snow. Hmm, I'm just gonna delete it because I don't know what the fuck. All right, so, oh, it's the sheriff, but I typed it wrong. Yeah. Go on. So on his way back down, Hastings stopped by the rocks to investigate the rock slide. Like, mm-hmm. What's up with that? And then from out of nowhere behind him, it's the sheriff. He just appears. Well, he explains why yeah. he just appears. The sheriff happened to be driving by and he saw his car pulled over. So he stopped to like talk to him because maybe he was checking on him. Like, why would you just be out in the middle of the desert on a rock formation? Yeah, they're clearly friends because he's like, hey, I happen to be driving by. Something happened to the local farmer's cattle. Do you want to come with me? And he's like, well, you don't need my advice. He's like, no, I just want you to come with me. Just for company. You can come along to an active crime scene. Yeah, he... I mean, they don't know it's an active crime scene. Yeah. yeah, that is weird. Like, yeah, come to this active crime scene with me, doctor. They arrive at the farm, and the mm-hmm. farmer, Andy, totally cool with the doctor just being there. Like, I called the cops, but you showed up. That's cool. And also, he knows who he Hastings also, is. Again, this is clearly this town's doctor. Oh, yeah. Everybody probably sees Hastings. Um, but yeah, he, he literally just invites him because they're friends. So the rancher walks over, and he shows off some stripped skeletons. And they're like, it's not a mountain lion or a wolf. Now, this is where we have to talk about how ranchers eat. Cow skeletons. Cow skeletons, yeah. Um, so, tarantulas, some people think they always spin webs to ha- get their food. They they often don't. They actually charge down their food. And they inject them with venom. And then they, like, suck out the insides. So, the skin would also still be there. Because when you go to clean out, like, your tarantula's, um, like... Enclosure? Yes, um, you would pull out, like, the skeleton of, like, the cricket, but it would also have, like, the exoskeleton there. So they would still have the skin. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's bones, but there's literally nothing else left. There's no blood. There's mm-hmm. nothing around. Just perfectly picked bones. Which would, again, hmm, okay, fine. <laughs> That's what we got at Party City. Yep. Sucked bones. Uh-huh. Uh, I know what we're doing later. So, <laughs> no. Oh. So... They leave. They don't know what's up. They even say, like, I don't know. But they just leave? They don't investigate more? Oh, before that, there's they look two feet to the right and see the puddle of something. I did miss that they saw that puddle the first time. Uh, there's, like, a big puddle of, like, white... Jizz. God damn it. I was trying not to say it. It's a big puddle of goo. It's white. Shut up. We're not calling it that. Get out of my house. Spunkums. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Baby batter. Sure. <laughs> okay. So they're That's like, the, the, the sheriff's like, round up your cattle. Um, We don't know what the hell's going on. We're leaving. The farmer also <laughs> says, don't worry about that puddle. Just tell me what's wrong with my cattle. You don't think that the mysterious puddle might have something to do with the bones two feet away from them. Nope. So, <laughs> so he rounds up his horses but not like in a barn. They're just outside yeah. in a fucking paddock, like so, just exposed to the elements. And I'm like, hey, idiot farmer, if you know something's eating cattle or whatever, why would you leave the horses outside? So yeah, we we cut to night time. Yeah, we do cut, and the the tarantula climbs over a hill, and this is where I noticed that it was making that weird static noise yeah, that I had. The horses before. freak out. The horses are freaking out. the tarantula out. is fucking big at this point. It's like the size of a house. Yeah, it's like house-sized or bigger at this point. And this point. is where we actually start getting some of the, um, some subtle foot sound, like, 
foot stomping sound effects. See, I didn't hear them. I only heard the weird static noise. They were really quiet throughout like the whole movie. Okay, maybe I just missed them because yeah. tarantulas are silent walkers. Anyway, yeah. so it climbs... If it's that big, it would still make some noise. It would. So it climbs down the hill and then it, it roars as it's going for these horses, but then the rancher comes out and he shoots at it. So the tarantula like turns and eats him. And yeah, it makes like this like noise. It makes like a legit roar sound. Yeah, and it's really strange. And it eats the rancher. Just like the tornado in Twister. Oh, it is like the tornado in Twister. We can't watch Twister for this show. Why not? Was it too high budget? Too high budget. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the future. Guys, let us know if you want us to watch Twister, because I love Twister. It's a childhood favorite, and if Gus doesn't let me watch Twister, I'm going to cry. Didn't Van Halen do the song for that movie? Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. We've watched it before. I want to watch the movie that the conductor thought he was writing for. That's all I'm saying. The music does not fit with the movie at all, and I fucking love it. It's okay. so weird. Okay, so, back to Rangers. Okay, so some dudes in a truck. They're literally just some dudes. You've never seen them before. Some dudes in a truck, and I think there's a goat. Uh, it's full of sheep, I believe. Are driving down the road. But oh no, the rancho's here and it roars. And now here's where the, I kid you not, this is the most baffling thing in this entire movie to me. Everything else, fine, I could take. But it throws the truck. It doesn't knock the truck over with its leg and tumble it down. The truck never flips. It just picks the truck up, throws the truck 30 feet. There was some pretty shitty editing here. Yeah. Like, just throws it down the mountain. Speaking of shitty editing, I'm going to go back a bit. Go mm -hmm. back quite a ways. Just back to the monkey scene. Uh-huh. When the monkey at night, at, yeah. when he's, um, the professor buries the guy. Yeah. And there's, like, three random cuts for the monkey to get into his arms. I forgot <laughs> to mention that. But it's just like, hey, da, 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 and then the monkey. Anyway. Yes, yeah. there were. Anyway. anyway. So, yeah, it just, it was so baffling that, like, this truck. Kobe. Yeah, he, like, yeets the truck off the mountain. It doesn't. It, it just, like, lands on its tires and then explodes, and then the rancho eats everyone. Yeah. Uh, so, next morning, the sheriff and Hastings are like, sup, police bros? And they're like, look at this shit. More skeletons. <laughs> like, literally. That's it. Like, at that's first, I was like, why the... <laughs> Before they showed the skeletons, I was like, why is the Hastings here? He's had everything. Like, the cops are like, hi, Hastings, how you doing? But then one of them was like, well, Jack said you've seen stuff like this before, so they at least explain it. Yeah, they do explain, like, hey, you've seen this before. So he has like, to show up everywhere. Right, because he was there yesterday. Yeah. Also, there are now human dead bodies. We don't really know that. Like, they don't necessarily know that, but, like, now there's human yeah. dead bodies as well as these dead sheep. Well, also, um, the police have confirmed that Andy, the rancher, mm -hmm. is, is, is dead. His wife found his bones. Right. So they're like, okay, we need to get the doctor in on this. Maybe he yeah. can give us some insight. So now there's just, like, a ton of the weird white goo, and he, like, reaches down to touch it, which, with his bare-ass hand, he's like, oh, let me touch the goo. And I'm like, don't touch the goo. <laughs> you don't know what that is. And he's like, doesn't smell like anything particular. <laughs> and so he collects it in a thermos, because that's what they had, which makes sense. Yeah. And um, it's the third time they found the white goo. The first time was the first time that they looked at the cattle that were dead. The second mm -hmm. time was Andy the rancher. And now... Well, Andy the ranchie. <laughs> and now, now. And the journalist is like, I gotta go public with this. And the sheriff's like, don't you fucking dare. No, keep it, keep it vague. No, keep it not so vague. Just say it was an accident, because if it's vague, it'll scare the town. 
Well, it's more that if you just tell people, like, yeah, all these skeletons are showing up and there's white goo. Like, that's scary. Yeah. That would scare the shit out of me if you were, like... Instead, just say, oh, these guys crashed the car and died. Right. Because... That's, that happens. That happens. Um, so they, they take... It looks like slime when he puts it in the thermos. It does. It's like, ew. And he's, like... He takes it back to, I guess, his office to look under a microscope that he, for some reason, has... And he's like, looks like insect venom. Yes. This insect venom with traces of chicken noodle soup. <laughs> because, you know, all insect venom is the same. All of it. It's all the same. Yeah. A little bit different. But you can look at it and be like, that's insect venom. Don't know what kind, though. <laughs> like, what? That also bothered me for no particular reason. So they're like, what if we take it to the professor? And so Stephanie answers the phone. And fucking professor comes down looking all weird and sick. <laughs> Like, he comes down the stairs and grabs the phone out of her hand off screen, and she just screams. Yeah, so, she screams, he takes the phone, we drive again across the desert. Driving through the desert, looking determined. Mm-hmm. Then we see the rancho in the back, and it's the size of a hill now. Yeah. And she still doesn't see it. How he did, okay. He's determined. He's I get that it's behind him now. But you check your rearview mirror when you're driving straight, right? Not if I'm determined to have to go see a woman named Steve. <laughs> Stephen E. That's what I put in my iced tea instead of sugar. I I literally put, like, how has no one seen this thing? It just, like, crawls around and is bigger than the hill. And I'm like, well, they are 20 miles out, so it maybe it's not going toward the town. It is a desert. Everyone it's seen, it's killed. Yeah. So, fine. Um, so he gets there, and the professor is, like, fucked up. Like... His eyes are now, like, on separate fucking planes of existence. It's like his face is, like, drooping. It's like as if he had a stroke, but, like, times ten in terms yeah. of, like, the droop factor. Like, one eye is way up at the top of his head, but the other one is, like, at his chin. The makeup was actually really good. Mm-hmm. A little rubbery, but pretty good. Yeah, but I, I felt like it actually worked really well. It did, yeah. Um, I think it, I think she screamed because it scared her yeah, more. Yeah, than she told me finally. She came out and met Hastings in the driveway. Because it doesn't seem to give anyone ill intent. Like, Paul already had the ill intent when yeah. he, like, attacked the professor because he was mad at him. So, it, but, like, the animals never seem to attack anybody other than the tarantula because it's just being a tarantula. Yeah, it's just kind but, of like, the rats never attacked anybody. Like, it, it doesn't seem to make anybody go, like, haywire yeah. in the brain. So, it's it tracks that he didn't want to hurt her. It just scared the shit out of her. Which, to be fair, I, you know, if I was on the phone and mm-hmm. you came around the corner and look, looking like that, I'd scream. Yeah. So the doctor injects him with something we don't know what, and he's like, "There's nothing we can do for him." Um. And the professor finally breaks down and he tells Hastings everything because he knows he's going to die. Yeah. And uh, what what's he telling him? So he tells Hastings that he was working with Jacob and Paul. Mm-hmm. And then when he was out of the lab, Jacobs and Paul injected themselves mm-hmm. with the isotope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they inje- they were they thought maybe, they were like, oh, it's clearly safe enough. We've been working on this for like 20 years. Yeah. And they thought, well, maybe we can, if we put it in ourselves, it'll act differently. Who knows? Yeah. And Deemer was the voice of reason telling him, no, don't do it. Yeah. Until you leave. Yeah. They did that four days ago. Mm-hmm. Four days before. Yep. Jacob died. Yep. And then Paul injected the doctor before he died, 
And so the doctor has been like really trying to figure it out, like figure out the nutrient and how trying to make it stable before he died, because he's the one that knows how to make it. He knows what it is, like whatever he can do, not necessarily to save himself, but to save like the future of humanity. It seems he's not working on how to cure himself. He knows he's done for. Yeah. Um, He wants to make sure all his work doesn't go to waste. Like the doctor this whole time has never been like the bad guy. He just was, like, trying to keep it hush-hush because he didn't want to scare everybody. I feel like he's... Like, he's yeah. kind of the bad guy, but he's not really the bad guy. Like, yeah. he's not evil. He's done some shady things, but I wouldn't consider him, you know, a bad guy. He's not evil. He's also kind of seeing the errors of his ways ever since yeah. he got injected. He realizes, like, this is not, you know... And he... Deemer tells Hastings about the animal. Like, this giant guinea pig and this huge rat... This big old tarantula. This is where the line that I love comes in because he's like, "There's the tarantula," and he he goes, "Well, where's the tarantula?" And he goes, "The tarantula lost, like everything lost." Yeah. So he's talking about like I lost all the animals; they all died. But the way he says it, it alludes to the fact that the tarantula is lost. Yeah. It's gone. Deemer thinks that the tarantula burned to death. Mm-hmm. Um. And, of course, now Hastings is like, well, okay, like, it's gone, it's dead. He doesn't really know better yet. But it puts an idea in that mind that there was a giant tarantula. And now he's found this venom. Mm-hmm. Chekhov's plane, Hastings flies to Phoenix. I had Because that plane had to come back at some point. Because the Arizona Agriculture Institute. Yes. I, I have a real question. How do you pronounce it? I don't know. <laughs> Shut up. I have a real question for you. Yeah. He's flying a plane over the desert. How the hell does he not see that tarantula <laughs> from the fucking sky? He had to turn to some point. I'm sorry. I just how. Come on. I can spot a kiddie pool from fucking, this is true. Whenever we fly over Chicago, I can spot, like, a fucking kiddie pool with 10,000 goddamn feet up, okay? We, we do. And then whenever we see a pool, pool, kiddie pool, <laughs> like, if I can spot a goddamn kiddie pool from a turn into the Chicago airport, this man can see a tarantula the size of a building. I'm sorry. Can't tell me otherwise. Well, kiddie pools are regular. I just realized the light's on. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. So, uh. So he gets the, um. <laughs> the Sorry. Arizona Agriculture Institute. Yep. Why would you. Okay, I have a real question. Also, if you're trying to study spiders or tarantulas, why would you go to the Agriculture Institute? My guess is that that's, like, the closest thing you can do, and that they probably deal some sort with insects, because they have to deal with agriculture and Yeah, but you are in Arizona, and you're in Arizona, hot spot for studying tarantulas and snakes. You would go to, like, a biology or reptile center, not an agricultural center. They fucking deal with, like, corn and shit. Like, I I just thought it was weird. Anyway... So the guy looks at it and he's like, it's from a tarantula. And then they start showing the tarantula of the South American bird eating spider, which is a form of tarantula. They do actually get to be the leg span of a foot. Like, that is true. And I got some big feet. Mm-hmm. Big um, and then they mention the things like, they live 20 years. And I'm like, 
females of 20 years. Uh, I start like, yeah, but uh, then he starts talking about Arizona. This is another like, oh, we're going to talk about a little bit of tarantulas because I think the tarantula in the video after the bird eating tarantula is in fact an Arizona blonde for multiple reasons. One, they're in Arizona. <laughs> Two, the body is much lighter than the legs of the tarantula. Blondes are like a golden yellow color. I thought you were just say two. It's blonde. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's hard to tell in black and white. But also he talks about how the venom is in no way harmful. Because when you get bitten by a tarantula, you don't die. Yeah. The only deaths that happen are because of bacteria that get into them. That still tracks to this day. Mm. Even the most deadly tarantula... Uh, there is a tarantula called the, I want to say it's called the blue cobalt, and I want to say it's the most, de like, it's the most venomous tarantula in the world. It will not kill you, but it will cause nasty infections that can kill yeah. you. But the venom itself does not kill you. Wasn't it also, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's a long time, but wouldn't, like, the venom, like, be able to kill, like, a small child, but not a full-grown adult? Uh, it can, yeah. The, yeah. That does happen. Same with black widow spiders. Black widow spiders and brown widow spiders don't generally kill adults. Uh, the brown recluse does not usually kill an adult, but it can absolutely kill a child. Ah, I've seen the Avengers. Black widow killed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Also, he's like, yeah, it's not harmful at all. And Hastings like, oh, it sounds like a pet. And the doctor's like, no, not pets. And I'm like, they make great pets. Get away from me. <laughs> he also has the line, the, um, the agriculture doctor, the tarantula doesn't know the meaning of fear. <laughs> He does, and that is kind of true, because if you ever, like, look at a tarantula, they, they don't, tarantula don't give a shit. <laughs> well, the tarantula just keeps on trucking throughout the movie. It does. It crosses a road, and it takes out the phone line. Yeah. Like, it's like a cut. We cut from, That happens immediately after this. Mm -hmm. We cut, literally, from the doctors talking to him, this tarantula taking out the phone line, then it cuts back <laughs> to someone trying to make a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's also when they're showing the projections, the footage of all the mm -hmm. brain shows and stuff, mm -hmm. when it cuts back to Hastings and the doctor talking, mm -hmm. audio quality significantly changes. Yeah, it does. So, yeah, it takes out a power line, takes out a phone line, and then it climbs over a hill, and there's like, I called them cowboys. I, I did too. I didn't know what to call them. Uh, like, there's like these two cowboys on a hill, and they start to run away, and the terrain is clearly supposed to chase them, but they're sprinting, and it is walking. It's like, all right, time to go this way. And this is where I was like, they really should have used an old world spider, because old worlds would have sprinted them down. And then one of the cowboys trips, still goes back to help, and they both get eaten by the roaring tarantula. If that guy had not gone back to help the other guy, he might have made it. I'm <laughs> just saying. He went this... back for his bro. They were lovers. It's like... Why else would they be hanging out in the desert in the middle of the night? They were cowboys, I guess. Without any horses. Did they ride each other? <laughs> Brokeback Mountain style. Okay. Um, uh, again, Hastings flies back. Again, he doesn't see it while flying. Very upsetting. And this time... There's no way you would have fucking missed it. He's flying right towards it. You can't give me that north south bullshit this time. No. He's also able. He thinks he's able to call Jack, call the sheriff when mm -hmm. phone lines down. Um, the phone lines were. Oh yeah, I was gonna say they were down in Phoenix, but no. 
Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. We call like, arm your men, call the state police. Well, the other thing is, there's more than one phone line. Yeah. Like, I'm sure. I'll take it. But yeah, he's like, we gotta... He doesn't tell the sheriff what they're hunting, by the way. He's just like, call the police, call the uh, Air Force that's nearby, like, get absolutely everything. Uh... So Stephanie goes to check on the presser as Hastings drives again. Determinedly. Determinedly through the desert. Again, I wish I would have counted. I probably could go, have gone back through my notes and done it. Probably six or seven times. Yeah. So the tarantula is outside the house. It be lurking. It's peeping through her window. It walks up to the house and Stephanie's in there. She's in there. She's like reading her book. She's not looking at the window. She's got like her back kind of turned toward the window. Yeah. And she's looking at a book. So I can see how she didn't see it. Even when she got up, check on the professor, came back, sat back down, started reading her book again. Like, fine. But this tarantula walks with purpose. It walks up to the house and then it starts to look in her window. But when I say look into her window, we're talking like King Kong. Yeah. Like leans all the way in, zooms in on an eye. Like it is looking for her. Right up on her. It and is. Just, it's like this tarantula had intent to murder. That or intent to peep. <laughs> yeah. He was hoping to see some titty. Yeah, she's like in her fucking full ass pajamas. This is where if you look, she has a ponytail, by the way. I do remember that now you said um, but it's outside. It's like, and then it climbs on top of the house. But when it first starts to climb on top of the house, it makes no noise. It does not shake the house at all. Um, you would notice this. It's huge. You would, you would still shake the damn house. This is when it zooms all the way in on one eye, looking yeah. through the window. Like, real weird. And then the house starts to shake. Then the house shakes and falls down as if... Now she notices. Now she notices. So, then it shows the professor waking up, and his face looks like melted Play-Doh. Yeah, he's uh, he has definitely seen better days. Um, The house starts to collapse. The tarantula kicks the professor. Like a leg comes through, and it... Like, there's like know. a leg that... It looks like a leg comes through the roof, and toward the professor. But every single time we've seen the rancho eat somebody, it's been the same shot of it coming down on them with its fangs bared, and it makes the roaring sound, and then eats them, and they scream. But this was like, I kid you not, like, a leg kicked him. Is that or he was crushed in the house? I think he was crushed in the house, but it looked really funny because they put... The tarantula's fake leg in the yeah. shot, and it looked like it's soccer ball kicked. It also kind of looked like the tarantula just got kind of stuck on the roof, like trying to get over the. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a tarantula on top of a miniature. Maybe it did. Who yeah. knows? Um, <clears throat> tarantulas, you may not know this, can't walk over carpet very well. So if they made it out of anything that had any kind of like carpeting material, mm-hmm. it may have actually gotten a little stuck. Um, Miniature material was often made out of like a, a felty style yeah. material. Um, it's possible that it did actually. They also did the good thing of having this shot take place at night, so you can't see the house be a, as a miniature. You more of see the silhouette. The problem is because it's so dark, you can't tell where the house begins and the house and the spider ends at times. Yeah. Um, because they made it really dark, so, so that way you couldn't tell it was a miniature. But it looks a little odd because it's super dark. So Stephanie runs down the stairs out of the house. Hastings drives up. She hops in. 
The tarantula is like slowly making its way downtown toward her. Slowly. Like this slow Jason Voorhees walk. But again, it's just because it's a real tarantula that they're filming walking across a glass plane that they're then putting miniatures onto so it can climb over them to film it. And then they're projecting it on top of the other film. So that's just how fast that tarantula happens to walk, unfortunately. I was also wondering if they slowed it down a little bit to give that indication of size. Honestly, no. Probably not. Um, as a person that has watched many tarantulas walk, that's really about how fast old okay. or new worlds will go sometimes. They're very slow beings when they want to it be. It did make it feel big. It did. It, and it's impossible that it could have slowed it down, but probably not. It probably just really wanted to go yeah. that slowly. The effects actually looked pretty good with the tarantula, how they shot it. Yeah. Most of the time, it actually looked pretty good. Well, they did a really good job of filming it from underneath, because again, it was on a glass plane with miniatures on top of it. Mm-hmm. So that way, when it would climb, you could film it from below to make it look bigger. Yeah. So, okay, they get in the car, they drive to the dinner. Uh, they run into the police and they're like, you two, shoot the rancho. Yep, two of the cops hang out. Why, like, why did they have assault rifles? He told them to call the state police. He was, arm your men. Yeah, but do the state police in Arizona have assault rifles in 1955? It's Arizona. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> fair enough. So <clears throat> the tarantula eats those two police officers, rest in peace. And they're like, we have to clear the town in 30 minutes, round up all the dynamite, all the napalm, all the bombs, get the Air Force down here, anything you can to blast this thing off the face of the earth. It's nighttime, so they're going to use dynamite to stop the spiders. Rampage in the dark. Yeah, that's what they said. Elevation. (laughs) Okay, so they start to set up the explosives. The tarantula is like coming down the hill at a usually stroll, but now it's a little faster. Um, at this point, I wonder if it's a Chaco Golden Need because I think it might have stripes, but again, I can't tell. It's probably just a rose hair, but I thought I saw stripes. I'm fucking crazy. It's black and white. You can't see shit. I wonder if they <laughs> had multiple tarantulas. They did not. Just I, the one? Mm-hmm. There's only this. Uh, we're going to unlock another fun fact right now. This is the same tarantula seen two years later in The Incredible Shrinking Man. There's only one tarantula. It's just that with the lighting, sometimes it looks a little different. I just know with a lot of movies with animals, they'll have multiple. No, this animals one, this one they care. only have one tarantula, and okay. two years later they used it in the Incredible Shrinking Man. Huh. Yep, same More one. You know. Yep. So they set off the dynamite. They they put it all on across the road just in case the rancher follows track laws. Thankfully, it does. <laughs> So. Oh, you're right. Well, they are on the road, so I guess it would stand it, <laughs> but it doesn't like go around the dynamite. It really just goes straight. But it does go for them. Well, and tarantulas do tend to just go straight when they want to eat something. They don't like fucking They're going drift, for the people. So. Mm, okay. The direct road is in the road. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then you know it's all about the boom. And they blow it up, and the dynamite does literally nothing. It does nothing, which is crazy to me because if you know, do you know anything about tarantulas and their, skele- their exoskeletons? So, They're blast resistant. So spi- spiders, especially tarantulas, we're learning a lot today. D- they don't have inner skeletons; they have exoskeletons. You ever seen someone drop a tarantula? <laughs> no, I'm not a monster. <laughs> I'm not either. But uh, let me tell you, you have to be careful when it comes to tarantulas. They're very delicate. 
Uh, if you have a non-arboreal tarantula and you build it an enclosure that's a little too tall, it can fall and die. Like, they are the most, de- like, they're a look-but-don't-touch style pet. If you want to handle it, you got to handle it two inches off the table. Because if you don't, it'll fall and die. This thing is dead immediately. I'm sorry. We continue. Uh, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. So, the dynamite does nothing. So, they start to drive away. Why do they drive toward the town? Well, see, my thought was thinking more from a production standpoint of like they've evacuated everyone. Now they can set up a miniature town and have the tarantula crawl over it and get all these cool shots. I was disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, that's not what happens at all. Because my thought was like, okay, I got that they evacuated the town. But why did they evacuate the town? Why, why didn't they just lure the tarantula away from the town? Why did they lure it toward the town? Because as we've seen, there's only one goddamn road in this desert, and it goes between the lab and the town. Yeah. They couldn't go anywhere else. So the Air Force shows up. Everyone starts to cheer as they start for firing rockets at that tarantula. I will tell you a fun fact about this later. I'm not going to tell you to it now. It's, they, real, it's really cool. They fire, like, 20 rockets and, like, four of them hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the tarantula does not give a shit about these bombs at all. It's just like, fuck no, off, keeps on going. bombs, and it's still coming towards it the town. It's even less than the dynamite. It's still coming towards the town, and then they're like, unleash the napalm. So they light the thing on fire, and now... It's dead. It's gone. It's, it's burnt to death. Burning spider. It looks fucking metal. It's like an album cover from the 80s. So all these people are standing in the town. The tarantula has not even reached the town. Yep. It's standing on like the ridge just before it. And it dies. And then we get the end. And it pans out. And Stephanie and the doctor never get together. <laughs> and the I'm, movie just ends. They don't kiss. They don't get together. Holy shit, I've never been happier for two people to not kiss in a fucking movie. Despite all the hardcore flirting. Oh, yeah. So, you want to hear some fun facts? In a second. Okay, go on. Because, boy, that just stopped. (laughs) It did. just ended. Like, the last line of the movie is, like, drop the napalm. My my notes are even like, I think that did it. I guess it did, because the movie just ended. (laughs) Yep, that's it. A lot of these movies really just... They they kill the monster and end. Instantly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I know still happens in, like, modern day movies, but at least there's a little bit of... They usually wrap up a little bit. Like, they might have a few lines, like, ah, oh, nature and beauty and Yeah. Death, but, like, I remember... And, you know, whatever. Particularly, this one always comes back to me, is Kong Skull Island, when they kill, like, what they call skull crawlers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kill that, and then it's like, yeah, we're all right. And then the helicopters come in, like, yeah, we're getting out of here, and Kong will be the king, and then the movie ends. Right. It's like two minutes, but there's something. Yeah, there's usually some sort of wrap-up epilogue now. Yeah. You don't just get it where it's like, and we're done! Yeah. I'm like, oh. Anyway. But, like, we end seeing the tarantula on fire. Yeah. Anyway, do you want, do you want some fun facts? Uh, yes, please. So, do you know who the Jet Squadron leader in the Air Force was? This is the second uncredited theatrical film of this person. Who is it? Clint Eastwood. Really? Yep, it's Clint Eastwood. It is also the what the first of four movies in which Clint Eastwood played a pilot. The others being Escapade in Japan in 1957, Lafayette Escadrille in 1958, and Firefox in 1982. So Clint Eastwood had the last line in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also... Gee. 
The jets that kill that tarantula are Lockheed P-80s and F-80 shooting star aircraft. Do you know what those are famous for? Flying. They are the first ever operational jet fighters in the world. Okay. Um, they did see very limited service in World War II, but they were huge in the Korean War. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's see here. I already gave you the fun fact about the 3.6 billion people, but there's one more. <clears throat> You've got a tarantula. You want it to walk. You want it to walk a certain direction. How do you make it walk? Tease it with a begging shirt. No, that's Sadie. That's the <laughs> dog. No, you just kind of blow a little air on it. You just kind of like... Like with like a little air jet, like, and then it'll walk. That's why it probably went at such a slow pace. If you would like put a cricket over here, it would run. <laughs> but they probably wanted to just be menacing and slow. So that way yeah. you could, you know, film it. Because if you had a running tarantula at the time, probably would have been garbo. Yeah, probably been a lot of blur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, it being slower did kind of help with the menacing. It helped with the menacing and how big it was. It was just kind of like... And now it slowly goes over here. And now yeah. it slowly goes over there. <laughs> like, you know, now it very slowly crawls across this miniature, you know. But man, man, I was hoping they would have had some action with it in the town, crawling over things, destroying buildings. I told you, in my mind, that's what I thought the movie was because maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. Maybe I'm thinking of two movies intercut into each other mm-hmm. in my brain. And I thought Tarantula was that movie but i'm like oh so what was that movie i don't know tarantula was that the question mark is that an exclamation point okay so how did you feel about this movie did you like it i enjoyed it yeah i actually really liked this i did too i think it's probably the best Uh, body snatchers was good too body snatchers was way better yeah Um, yeah body snatchers was better but this is still one of the better movies body snatchers is like i'm gonna say masterpiece to give it a move like to give it a term like people use for movies like Body Snatchers is like classic cinema. Whenever you talk about sci-fi movies, people will eventually bring up Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers gets used time and time again as a plot device. Like, there's a lot of movies that are basically, oh, it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers again. Yeah. Um, Tarantula is just another big monster movie of some kind. That's not to say it's bad, but I think Body Snatchers is a better movie. I agree, yeah. But damn, if this one ain't actually pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, you know, the acting was good. The effects were good. Mm-hmm. Plot was simple, but it was effective. A lot of these plots in these movies tend to be, okay, human stuff happens. We somehow create a monster. Monster rampages. We have to stop monster. Yeah. And that's fine. A key character dies and then we kill the monster. Yeah, but I have to say the sexism in this one might have been some of the worst we've yeah, had. Yeah, it was not great. <laughs> there's a lot of pseudoscience and a lot of sexism living up to that tagline yeah and like i said if you're going to you have a radioactive isotope why would you inject that into animals and think it was a good idea because he's a scientist he doesn't care about how the animals feel yeah we also didn't know a, a lot like we knew radioactivity bad question mark yeah. like especially like, in the 50s in the 50s we didn't have as much as we know now yeah, about and- like radioactivity and isotopes and such so like i get it but at the same time this might be me 2021 human yeah. talking about 1955 human where it's like why would you do that and it's like what well, was nice the rules on testing on animals were a lot different well that too the the, the ethics of science yeah. were a lot ethics, different that's what we're for. the ethics of science were a lot different but it's also just like we didn't really know all that you know radioactivity the idea of radioactivity wouldn't have been that old yet. Yeah. Um, 
So really to experiment with that kind of makes more sense. This is my future brain thinking on the past going yeah. like, oh my God, on this one. You think about this movie is what, like almost 70 years old? Yeah. Yeah. We've watched some oldies. Yeah. Um, so better or worse than the Shrew movie? Better. <laughs> Way better. I, I think Body Snatchers is the best movie we've watched. This one's probably the second best yeah. one we've watched. I think so too. I, I wish we had like a running like uh, list of like ranking. Well, let's see. So let, we've only done five. Let's oh, start right. it. Okay. So here. Let, me, let me open a document because I think this is going to be a new thing. I got a document right here. Okay. Um, this is going to be a new thing. Let's rank all the films... And then make it available somewhere that people can see what we rank them. We'll put it on our Twitter. Yeah, sure. And then people can uh, can look and we can decide if it was better or worse than the other movies. I like this idea. Okay. Okay, so, so number one, we got Body Snatchers. Body Snatchers so far is number one. Pretty good there. Number two is Rancho. Yeah, number two is Tarantula. So we got God Monster, mm-hmm. Killer Shrews, and... Santo versus Riders of Terror. Santo versus Riders of Terror is at three, in my opinion, because that movie, while very bad, was at least entertaining and had some things that were like pretty decent about it. Now the question is, what was worse, Shrews or God Monster? So okay, the production value of God Monster was way worse than Shrews, but as we talked at length about. The idea of the god monster being the mayor and not the monster was kind of smart and like had a cool concept, but a terrible execution. Mm-hmm. But Shrews was funnier. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking, uh, man. Oh yeah. I also forgot about how much, how sexist Shrews was. That was also very yeah. bad. We had like, do we have women slapping in that movie? I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like we had one of these movies. No, I don't think we've had anyone slap a woman yet. Maybe we have, and I don't remember. But what do you think? Was, was I'm going to say, I'm going to put God Monster above Killer Shrews. You're going to put God Monster above Shrews? I don't know. I personally was more entertained by God Monster. I'll give you that. I think that one was more entertaining. I'm Okay, I'm going to agree with you. I think Shrews was probably the worst one because God Monster at least had a somewhat decent idea of a premise that was a little different at the time. And Shrews was just so fucking bad. For the most part, (laughs) our ranking is actually the worst. We've been watching better movies as time goes on. Yeah. I'm going to fix that. Oh, no. Oh, no. You kept telling me. So we watched this movie on Amazon Prime uh, because... Amazon is a really good spot to like rent or buy these movies digitally because sometimes it get really expensive to try to get physical. I actually found um, Tarantula on Movies Anywhere. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That you just loaded it on Amazon. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, yeah. Like Movies Anywhere, Amazon, those tend to be pretty decent spots to find these movies because some of these you got to fucking dig for. Like I finally have Space Amoeba. We're going to watch that for my next movie. Like <laughs> I'm calling it now. I want to finally watch that again. But please tell me what your next goddamn movie is. All right, so the next movie we are going to watch. Mm-hmm. It's also the title of one of my personal favorite Misfit songs. Oh, no. We are going to watch. Oh, no. Astro Zombies. No. Why would you 
do this to me. Well, just touching my burning hands <laughs> and my Astros on the two red lane. To be fair. Proprioactive to be fair the last like three movies we've done have actually been kind of solid so we need a good like real shitty this one this one has like a three out of ten on IMDb this one had like a six and a half like Rotten Tomatoes this one had like a 94 did it? I didn't yeah. look at Rotten Tomatoes for, uh, it, it had a pretty good sure. yeah it had a really good rating um like I said it was solid I liked it quite a bit had some issues with women, but a lot of them do, so I just scream about them and move on. I think they're funny. I scream, they're problematic, they're terrible. I do find them funny. I do laugh. Like, when I say, like, I'm really angry and I pause, I'm also laughing a lot. Yeah. I'm like, you gotta pause it. We gotta hear that line again because it's killing me. <laughs> um, like, part of the reason I wanted to do these style of movies was I wanted to look at the fucking sexism in them. Because it's just... Oh, it kills me. I'm such, like, a modern, like, tattooed, shaved head, like, feminist of a human being that I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, whoo. I mean, that's why sexism is one of the taglines of the show. Pseudoscience, sexism, and whatever is relevant for the next one. Because I think I helped... I think I came up with that, didn't I? I think you did. I think I did. Because the sexism was like, yeah, I gotta, I, we gotta talk about it. It's a, it's a big point for yeah. me to talk about because it, it's, this is going to be terrible. It gives me joy in a weird way. And like that horrible, like, this is really funny type of way. Yeah. It, horrible, horrible, horrible things are said and done. But fuck if it doesn't make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was a tarantula. I really liked this one. I did too. Okay. Next up, Astro Zombies. I have heard tales. That's about it. You know why I picked this movie? Because mm. I like the Misfit song. <laughs> I know nothing about this movie, but I bought it for $4 on Amazon. Oh, you paid too much. I'm sure. Yep. All right. Well, we'll be back in two weeks. Yep. We're going to get things back on track now that we are... Mm-hmm. not moving and can speak yeah. still coughing a bit but hopefully that cough will be there next time I hope not it'll be two weeks from now well depending on when we record this yeah. it could be three days from now it could be oh. <laughs> hopefully I can edit out most of those right. follow us on the socials check the description and you can listen to us on Spotify too if you're watching this on YouTube wow. go over there and listen to it so you can listen to it as you drive or cook or shit or, or um, why am I obsessed with shitting on the show? <laughs> do you need to tell me something? Do you need to use the bathroom? I do actually. <laughs> All right. Well, as Caitlin goes and takes a poop, this has been Gus. That's been Caitlin. She's standing up. Her her cheeks are in need of pooping. Don't tell them that. <laughs> I told them that. Thanks for watching or listening. Listening, I should say. He's going to go poop. I'm going to go do something else. Thanks for listening. Uh, Bye-bye.